Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindegaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. I am Ben Barrett on introduction duty today because there is no Ian Perkins. He's having a well-earned podcast off. And uh, in his place, we have a, a couple of fine gentlemen who both spent their Tuesday evenings in Maidenhead. One, because he was required to be there by contractual obligations. And one, because he's an absolute bloody nutter. We'll introduce the professional first, making another reappearance. It's Marcus Duncan. Marcus, how are you, sir? I'm very well. Professional is quite a... A generous term, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll bring in the absolute nutter as well, and that is not a generous term. It is David Coates. I say when I when I wandered into my front door at half past one in the morning, I did think that that's probably being a little bit too generous there. I think with that one. So yeah, we need to clear up a little bit of admin before we talk football. Dave, you are not within the reaching distance of any clicky pens, are you? No, I got called on this in the bar at Maidenhead. So uh, I am no, I have no clicky pens. In fact, I do have a clicky pen here. It is a Glover's Trust clicky pen, but it is, I think, the only one in my house. So you can see this pen there. I've thrown it. It's gone. It's out of range. There we go. There are no pens. 
Marcus, you are the professional amongst us here. You don't do clicky pens on air. You wouldn't be anything that that's amateur. Put the clicky oh, pen down. Put, <laughs> Put the, the pen clicky pen away. I, um, I'll, I'll tell you what, I did an interview this morning, actually, with, with Sutton's kit man, strangely. And I was listening back to it this afternoon and I was clicking my pen furiously. And it was uh, it was really annoying me listening back to it. So I'm afraid I'm with Dave here, but I'll, I'll make sure I don't this evening. Throw it away. Throw it away. Go on, just do it now. Cannot get the broadcasters around here, can we? Okay, let's talk about some football, shall we? You were both there at Maidenhead. One all draw. Yeovil Town took the lead on 18 minutes through Olafella's Ola Mollers. First goal on his third uh, third start, third stint with us here at Hewish Park. Only for Kane Ferdinand to equalise right on the stroke of halftime. Yeovil had two goals disallowed. One because Luke Wilkinson got a bit handy and the second because... Ruben Reed got a bit close to the goal line, unfortunately, ahead of defenders. Um, strange question to ask, really, but it felt like it was, and it sounded like it was an okay performance. It just missed a little bit of what we've been missing pretty much all season. Marcus, you were there watching with you, like I say, with a, a professional cap on at least. What did you make of the overall performance? Yeah, it was strange. It sort of went in waves. Uh, I think. Well, firstly, the team selection was very interesting with Diaz and Bradley in there. It was something we haven't really seen. We've been used to a sort of, without sort of being too disrespectful to the other midfielders, a sort of workman-like, more based on sort of physical ability and running in the midfield with Barnett and Worthington and Staunton and Gorman, whereas Bradley and Diaz was very much technicians and they've got that quality on the ball, uh, which we haven't really seen too much of this season in midfield and um, yeah the first sort of 10 minutes I was really excited by Bradley and DF on the ball and then uh, we scored and then Maidenhead had all the momentum and halftime came at a good time and then the second half Yeovil didn't really get going and it was all sort of Maidenhead and then at the end suddenly Yeovil looked more like the ones to go on and win it and it was strange. There weren't many chances for Yeovil. Maidenhead had more chances. Grant Smith definitely earned his wages, despite potentially the uh, the goal he conceded. But um, it was a s- similar story to what we've seen before, where Yeovil, don't, we, we didn't really have that many shots on goal that the keeper had to save, but we were solid enough everywhere else that it wasn't, we were sort of getting, like we were getting thumped. You've mentioned a few names there that I've got on my little sticky note of players I wanted to kind of ask about. So, Dave, I'll come to you then and we'll work from from back to front. Um, we'll talk about the goal in a minute. So let's leave that without. But Grant Smith, again, really earned his corn. A few highlight packages will have had him in them. He, he made some important saves. There was one diving to his left in the second half that was particularly outstanding. Yeah, he seemed to be waging a one-man uh, <laughs> crusade against Dan Sparks, I think it was. He was playing for Maynard. Every shot he had seemed to uh, pull out some kind of like really impressive save, which um, I said in the conclusions, you saw the best and the worst of Grant Smith there, I think, because as a shot stopper, he's fantastic. And as a, you know, and uh, all round as a goalkeeper, but he has got a mistake in him. Not a lot, but he has got a mistake in him. And you did that ultimately um you know cost us towards the end of the first half but yeah but I, but and this at the end of the game i said to um there was there with I'm, I'm stopping to clap grant smith and i'd obviously completely forgotten about the mistake that he made but blimey he made some he kept us in it in the second half we could have been two or three behind i think if it weren't for him 
Marcus, does that say a little bit about his performance that actually you can forget about the mistake because of the amount of times he's kept us in that game and plenty of previous before? Yeah, definitely. And it, it, he did. He made a double save about two minutes after conceding that goal. And yeah, in the second half, he made countless saves. And it was like he was sort of motivated by it. And it, it reminded me of the Boreham Wood game where he made the mistake in the first half for the goal. He sort of punched it onto, was it Worthington? And then the rest of that game, he was making save after save and seemed like a an inspired man. So it seems like he needs these errors to inspire him, but we we'd rather they weren't there, obviously. But you know, he was he was probably the best player for Yeovil, I'd say, maybe one of the defenders as well. But yeah, he was certainly very, very good. And they they did have shots, which was concerning, but he dealt with them all very well. I have to say, Grant Smith is, is on my top three for getting sorted for next year and get it done and dusted. I, I know that there's an error in there. And yeah, we've seen a couple, but I, I think back to that Stevenage game uh, in the FA Cup, that save one-on-one at a huge moment. When, when, it, when it comes down to it time and time again, he pulls us out the fire. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to chuck him under a bus for one error. I'm really not because it's not yeah. the area in which we've been uh, struggling. And we're playing in the, the fifth division. If there's a keeper who's not making any errors, then yeah, they're not going to be in this league. So you've got to expect every keeper's going to make them. It's just who can make amends for them and make the fewest. And I think Grant Smith is right up there in this league, definitely. We gave a rare appearance to the lesser spotted Alex Bradley, played by far and away his longest time since the back end of last season. In fact, since the last game of last season against Stockport. We've been... Asking the question, wondering what he's up to, spoken to Darren Sahl about him. We've posed this question here on the Glover's cast before. Please tell me he did okay. Either of you, I don't care. Someone chirp up. Please tell me he was good. He was, yeah, yeah he, he showed glimpses, I think, is what it, it, the game did pass him by at times. But um, it was just lovely to see him out on the pitch. Obviously, I didn't see him against Cheddar, unfortunately, where he got, got the goal. But uh, no, he, I, th- I thought he was good. I don't, don't know about you, Dave, but I think his, his best asset definitely is his sort of dribbling, which uh, is different for the midfielders we have. But no, it was good to see him out there, definitely. Yeah, one thing I thought was particularly impressed me about him, I hadn't seen an awful lot of him, was his set pieces. Really good um, putting the ball in. And I think it was his delivery for the goal, in inverted commas, Wilkinson scored in the um, in the first half. I think he put that ball in. But yeah, he did great great balls into um into the box which um which is good so yeah i was i i think in the second half everyone was pretty poor um so yeah he and 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 he faded in this in the second half certainly but yeah first half i thought we saw enough of him to think don't know who i would drop out of the midfield obviously for him but he's definitely got to be you know in with a shelf for, for saturday after that performance i'd say yeah, and I thought it was interesting that he started over both Barnett and Worthington, who are both on the bench, because, I mean, usually those two would be definitely in there, especially if Gorman's out. But, yeah, it was interesting, and I think he took his chance reasonably well and given Darren Sell something to think about, maybe. Lawson Diath played his longest time since his re-signing. It's his third stint, technically, I suppose, as well. Um, how is he doing? How did he look? Did fitness catch up with him? The manager said he was feeling a bit frail after an hour. Can I just say, before Marcus gives his opinion, I love watching Lawson Diaz play. 
uh, uh, he's just such a some of there were some times where he just like trapped the ball and I, and I just and I like heard almost <laughs> and, and, and I just went wow you know what a player what a, and and he passed the ball and he held the ball and he used the ball and it wasn't really anything fancy but there was there was just so much just to enjoy about watching him as a player and and yeah second half he did tire and it was right to take him off at the time that we did take him off but my Christ how we missed him when he wasn't there when he wasn't there, where our midfield just went back to being workmanlike again. But yeah, I, I I will get myself to as many games that Lawson Diaz played just to just to watch him. I spoke to someone at the start of the second half, and I said the same to him, and he said, "Hasn't put many tackles in." <laughs> I was like, "Well, you don't need to, do you?" If um, you know, with a workmanlike field midfield with Josh Daunton and so forth. Yeah, he was. I, yeah, I really enjoyed watching him. He's so, so good. He's so good. He's just, he glides around the pitch with the ball. It's with the ball, especially, that you notice it, because he's, it's those touches not many players at this level really have, and we're really, really lucky to have him. I still get terrified every time someone goes near him. I think there was one tackle on him right in front of me where I sort of had to take in a sharp intake of breath because I was like, oh, no. But he got up and he was fine. He does like to get involved. And it is those sorts of players who get those tackles. You think of players in higher leagues like uh, Jack Grealish and Jack Wilshire. They're always getting those sort of tackles, I remember. Unless um, uh, Jack Grealish, Jack Wilshire, Perlo, come on, let's go. Sorry, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's unbelievable. And we've missed him so, so much. He was playing right back at the end of last season, wasn't he? Yeah. At Altrian, yeah. when we yeah. were really... Yeah, no, we had literally uh... nobody. We had nobody, didn't we? And he came in, he was too soon. The whole story was he walked into the manager's office and went, I know I'm not ready, but stick me in if you need me, Gaffer. And he was performing incredibly, then does his cruciate or whatever it was again in the final game. So, oh, yeah, God, I hope he's okay. And I honestly, there's a tiny little selfish part of me that thinks... I really hope he gets another goal on Saturday. I'm not sure he will, because I think they're going to manage him, aren't they? And try and manage his minutes and pick them and choose the games in which he is as influential as he possibly can be on. So, good. I'm glad he's doing well. And then can the I other just one... ask, can I request anyone from the terrace listening that we get the Whitney Perlo made on a, <laughs> made on a mug? Benny's drinking from a mug that has uh, Calvin Phillips of Leeds United, which tells you... I do. Who other other clubs that are supported in Ben's household? Um, but uh, but yes, the Whitney Perlow will have that one, please. If anyone's listening, we're Lawson Diaz facing it. I will buy ten. Ten. There you go. <laughs> I will finance it with that that one purchase. That's good. And then of course, <laughs> and then of course, the first goal back for Olafella Olamola. Nice finish. Really nice finish. Saw the highlights. He cuts in, dips his little shoulder, and then Bosch finds the bottom corner. I think the keeper might think he should be doing better, but if you're sticking it in the corner, you're giving yourself every single chance. Nice finish, wasn't it? Did he take a deflection, Marcus? No, so this is the weird thing. From where I was sitting on the other side from where the highlights were filmed from, and I thought it was a left-footed sort of curling shot, just a a sort of in-swinging curling shot into the bottom corner. And the highlights look like it sort of swings out rather than than in. Uh, I don't think there was a deflection. It seemed like quite a clean strike. Um, yeah. it was behind, really the, 
Yeah, behind the goal, I was convinced it took a deflection because it swerves in the air. Now, whether that's just something he's done, I don't know, but it, it definitely moved a hell of a lot in the air, which made me think it's a deflect, it was a deflection, but maybe not. I'd have to watch it back again, but yeah, it was great. Oh. I was looking at the highlights and the goalkeeper takes his left foot moves mm. and he plants his left foot as if it's going to go to the other side almost, or if he's trying to find a way to see it or what, but he's then his weight shifted the wrong way and he's always playing catch up then and flies across nowhere near nice great I just, I, it was just nice to see everyone go nuts you know it was nice to see the players properly properly celebrate properly like a hang on we've scored a bit of a howitzer here and yeah i think that's that was just felt nice felt yeah. nice he loved it fella he was yeah even when they'd done all the jumping into the crowd he was like banging his chest and screaming yeah he was yeah, he was loving it so um yeah it was good to see and he had a shot as well which I think, Mark, as you might have said before, a striker that, that has a shot, uh, you know, and it's on target, that's that's all you need, isn't it? And we, we haven't seen enough of that. And that's, you know, well, we all know that's our problem. But, yeah, a striker that has a shot, that's not too much to ask. Is it? I, was, I was trying to look back, and his last goal anywhere was in the JPT back in September, I think, for... Hartlepool against Carlisle. His last league goal, you've got to go back to the 2019-20 season. That's how far back you've got to go. He's got a couple in the EFL trophy when he was at um, at Scunthorpe, but his last league goal, you've got to go back so, so far. And I wonder if that just feels like it's a bit of a, a weight off his shoulder, shoulders to, to finally have a goal in the league. Yeah, Carlisle Oldham. Um, league two, 29th of the 9th, 2019. So, his first league golfer over two years. Crikey, yeah, it must mean a lot to him. And I, I remember actually from his previous loan spells, he always enjoyed every goal, he always quite enjoyed his the, the, the connection with the fans, I think, which is what you want to see. You don't want to see players not enjoying goals. Um, but no, he certainly looked lively. Uh, but yeah, nice goal. Really nice goal. Let's talk about the two goals that weren't goals. We'll start with um, Luke Wilkinson, who headed the ball home. Luke Wilkinson said himself he wanted to score more goals and be more of a presence in attacking areas. Well, he was, but he also fouled the defender, at least in the referee's eyes. Again, Marcus, you were there, green tinted glasses on. Was it a foul? Yeah, it, at first it reminded me of Ruben Reed at Weymouth back in January 2021. That, that wasn't which, a foul. <laughs> yeah. Never a foul in a million years, that one. It, it looked like it was a similar angle. He sort of jumped higher than the defender. And I, I still think it's quite soft. If it was the other way around, I probably would be screaming for a foul and saying that should be disallowed. But... My argument is how are you supposed to sort of win those headers if you're not allowed to jump like that and you're not going to sort of jump with your, your hands right by your side like a like a broad bean or something. I don't, I don't know how you... I, he, he, he really... I don't know. It's what we've been missing, that aggression in the box and it's just frustrating when it gets disallowed like that and there weren't too many appeals for it. Um, I think it was only the player who... He beat in the air, but yeah, I, I, I was going to say there's a there's an angle that we're doing the rounds on social media. Um, Dave, I think you might have shared it in the in the WhatsApp chat, where I sat there and I watched it back and I thought 
he does get a bit climby. He does put the arms on the shoulders. But the guy that's marking him, or meant to be marking him, is about eight foot tall, 450 Nathan pounds. Blissett, isn't it? Nathan Blissett, he, their centre he's forward. A, he's an absolute unit. He is a brick shit out of a man. And he's given up, isn't he? he and he gets nowhere near it. He hasn't even tried to win it. And there was a part of me that thinks, has he appealed, like you say, Marcus, is maybe the only one who does appeal, out of embarrassment more than anything? Out of, oh, I've been done here. I've been done. I've, my, my man's got ahead of me and, and won this header and we've gone 1-0 down. I wonder if that is it. I still think, I think you can't get away with those these days. Whether it's right or wrong or not, I don't know. But in this game, I think you, you, you can't get away with it. It's something where you do physically put your arm on their shoulder. And I think I agree with you, Marcus. If it was at the other end, I'd be going, that's a foul. It's a foul all day long. But yeah, it's a bit frustrating. Good to see him, though. That's, that, that's what we want from them, isn't it? That's what we want from him, from Barkley, from Hunt eventually, from Staunton, from Williams. We want those players to be chipping in with those kind of moments. Yeah, and it's it, for me. What, what's weird about it though is it's almost uh, Wilkinson's been punished for the jumping. Oh, oh, oh! Have we lost him? Have we lost him? Have the technical gremlins got to us? Carry on recording. We will try and battle through. Um, if you oh. read, are you there? Oh, he's back. He's, he's back. back. He's back. He's back in the room. Three, two, back. one. Um, a momentary blip. Nothing happened. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, well, for me, what's annoying is that oh, a second, a second. Uh, oh, see, we heard that's him it. say one more, it. one more, that's, and you're out. That's a yellow card. It's a yellow card offence, isn't it? Dave, you tell me, was it a? Um, what were we talking about? I've been lost. We were talking about Luke Wilkinson's goal, and yes, it was a goal for me, Ben. Please, it was a goal for you. Okay, so you're voting for goal, Marcus, <laughs> who I think is possibly back in the room again, is yeah. going for. It's only he... when he talks that he has a problem. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> I know. I think Zoom doesn't want me to say that. I think it's it's it should be allowed. So it's annoying. Head fan is what we're saying. It, what I was trying to say is that it's it's annoying that because the defender doesn't jump, Wilkinson is penalised. Because he can't really do much more. Whereas if the defender did sort of jump and go for it, then he couldn't have committed a foul. But because he stayed down. I told you, Zoom is a Maidenhead fan. There we That's go. what we've learned. Yep. Zoom yep. is a Maidenhead Zoom fan. is a magpie. <laughs> right. Oh, then. Marcus then... is completely frozen now. So, no, he's yeah. back. He's back. He's back. No, he's yes. gone again. No, he's back. He's back. He's back. No, he's gone. He's back. No, he's back. I'm, back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. This is... So, 94th minute or whatever it was, we then won the game, but then we didn't win the game because Ruben Reed was offside. Marcus, in about four seconds before you crack out again, was he offside? Uh, from looking at the footage, yes, but uh, I, I mean, I think so. You can't, he was clearly like on the line, and uh, it, it there was no defender on the line, so. It begs the question of what he really is doing there if he's just in an offside position. But I guess he was trying to put the keeper off. But he was quite, I think, from the footage, it is offside. But from where I was, I didn't see anything wrong with it. I went mental in the maidenhead stand and then didn't really realise it was offside. And a woman in front of us stood up and looked at me and Sheridan and went, calm down, calm down, it's offside. And it was, oh, it was quite painful. I have to say, I, the, the reaction of the players... Oh, that, that almost hurts as much as anything else. Luke Wilkinson gives it the double fist pump. He is absolutely elated. And then they have to turn around. Does one of the subs run on? That's Charlie yeah. Lee. 
no. Charlie Lee went herring onto the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really? yeah. 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 Charlie Lee went absolutely crazy when, yeah, when I looked over on, on that side. That is staggering because I just saw this black tracksuit sprint on and I'm thinking, that's not the ref. Who's that? <laughs> so does he just have to quietly like disappear off to one side? How does that tail between the legs work? How did it work? <laughs> That's yeah, so well, he, he he disappeared as quickly as he arrived. But yeah, at the beginning of the game when we were, because you can change ends at uh, Maidenhead. That's how lower league we're in. We are. Um, we were waiting around the dugouts for the um, uh, to find out which way we were shooting in the first half. And Darren Sal turned round and said, "Nailed on for the assistant to get a yellow card tonight." <laughs> he said and he was probably right. He could have got a yellow card for that at least. I think. Did he not get a yellow card for that? Uh, not that I noticed, but. Um, he may have done, yeah. He may I've have just, done. I've just it's a bit refreshed of a walk my of shame back, isn't it? That is a very bad walk of shame, isn't it? Yeah. I've just refreshed the uh, the portal on the FA Club website to see whether or not he did get booked. Um, <laughs> yeah. To see whether or not he's there, but it'll knowing the FA website, it'll take about six weeks to refresh. So we'll we'll report about it then. Yeah. Um, okay. Can I just say I I lunged forward and uh, and I was all ready to get on the pitch myself to celebrate Rubin and his goal, but unfortunately you not. Know, I don't believe in Marcus. I no, I was. I, I was. I've got witnesses. I've got witnesses. No Maidenhead fan told me to calm down. So I was. I was there. We need, I was we need footage. We yeah. need yes. footage. We have to scour have the. To look, uh, yeah, look for myself on the, uh, on the on the crowd. Yeah, we will. We will find that out. So, time for me to be a little bit negative, and I don't like to do that on the Glover's cast. But our form guide isn't amazing, is it? One win in the last 10-ish, give or take. A few draws in there, a few good draws. Four draws in the last five, no less. With, of course, that exceptional uh, loss against Wilson in there in between. But that win against Woking on the 29th of January was our only league win since the 11th of December. Am I allowed to be a little bit disappointed in that? The fact that we've come so close and not got one over the line. Yeah, there's been a lot of maybe moments. Eastleigh was similar. Like I think these last two games are definitely games we probably should have won. Um, to spin it more positively, Ben, though, you know, only one loss in our last uh, seven, is it? Six? No, six, yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> four draws in there. Yeah, and that's that's good. That's good. Um, but I was, I was, when I was looking at this and thinking, because I, I was doing some research for the, for, for the Chesterfield game and trying to think of positive things to say. And I was sat there thinking, actually, I'm not sure how positive this is. This is an odd little stranger. Should we be having nearly moments, maybe moments, the squad's nearly there moments in February? Or am I just looking beyond the ridiculous levels of context that we've got? I'm going to fl uh, fly to you here, Dave, because I think Marcus is refrozen again. So should I, be, should I be a little bit more... Am I, am I right to be frustrated that we're having nearly moments and nearly squad things in February? No, no, you're right. You are right. We shouldn't be in this position. I think, as you say, there is a context and there is a lot of reasons why we are in this um, in, in this position. And uh, I think it probably boils down to what when we were going through our predictions at the beginning of the season and you know, putting, a, putting ourselves in, putting us in mid table. I think my, my thought was that we just don't have the squad for it. We, and I think the frustration is because we've got a really good team. Well, um, we've mm. said this recently, haven't yeah, we? We've right. got a really good team and that team could 
uh, and should be in the playoffs. But 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 it's the squad that's that's just not there, and and you can tell that by the the first half we've had. Okay, we had to you know find a feet a little bit between September and October, but then we went on that run, and you just thought. They'd all got into it. They were all going, and then this, you know, half uh, halfway through the season hits. Then we start to to fall away again. I'll just say I haven't seen us lose a game since Boreham Wood back in September. So well, I, I still haven't seen us concede a goal. I still haven't seen. I sorry, I still haven't seen Grant Smith concede a goal yet. So yeah. we're at least keeping a clean sheet against Chesterfield. Which is and you only saw point. Dylan Barnes concede a goal on the TV. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, I've still not yeah. seen us concede a goal in person yet. So no. you're fine. And yeah. yeah, so that's fine. Um, what was I going to say? Marcus has properly left us now, by the way. Yeah, he may have just disappeared. Yeah. Who knows that could, where he is? That could be the last we see of him. If you hear his voice again, amazing. If you don't, Dave and I will just crack on. Um, so then, I, well, see, I, I kind of wanted to ask Marcus about the league table because I know what you're going to say when I ask about the league table. Oh, he always oh, oh, he's back. He's coming back. Yes, timing <laughs> is perfect for Marcus right now. He's going to keep... Keep his camera off. Keep your camera off. Keep your camera off and it'll save the bandwidth. (laughs) Try it that way around. Try that way. Let's see if that works. Marcus, are you there? This is is painful. I'm sorry. (laughs) To be fair, the the level of shambolic podcasting we produced at the beginning of this week, you can't get any lower. So People loved it. They loved it. I quite enjoyed it. It I I didn't even download it. A nice little natter. It was nice. It's... Didn't even down, didn't even download it. I had several Shambolic. people say to me on Tuesday night that they enjoyed our. Non- they said, but the bit where you were just reading out numbers, uh, there, there wasn't much analy- analysis <laughs> there, <laughs> which is fair. It wasn't. Um, Marcus, I was going to ask about the league table. We were talking about the the runs of form and the fact that we are nearly. And Dave was talking about we are a nearly team and the squad isn't there to put this together and I was asking whether or not we should be a little bit concerned that we are still talking about nearly moments in February um, the the squad the team, the run-in played 28, 38 points we are 13 points off the playoffs is it still in our minds? Because the way I look at it, I think Torquay are still thinking playoffs on 42 points, nine points is three wins that can be turned around. I think Southend are thinking that way based on pure form. They are absolutely flying 39 points, a point ahead of us. Should we be thinking we can still do it? We are the outsiders of the lot to still probably get there. I think easily four points behind us playing the game more are probably out of it. Are we the lowest play side who can still make it or are we out of contention? I think you're probably right in that we are the last possible team to even be thinking about it. But I still, I, I think that's, yeah, I think it's a stretch too far now, unfortunately. And I think uh, Darren Searle's post-match words were very telling and that he he seemed a bit, he seemed sort of quite accepting and quite frustrated that um, it, our team is sort of almost now it is mid-table and he's sort of been waiting for them to kick on because he said they're in this developmental stage. But then he said, when are we going to stop being in this learning phase? And I think he's sort of realised, especially these last two results, games we probably should have won, draws that easily could have been six points. Uh, I think he's realised that we, we, we're we not doing enough to, to get there. And I, I think it's definitely a stretch too far. And when you look at the strength of the teams in those playoffs as well, 
I mean, especially the, the top six, maybe that seventh spot is a bit more up for grabs, but I mean, there's Notts County there as well, but yeah, I, I don't think, I think the playoffs are quite a, quite a stretch for us, even with however many games there are left, but yeah. I mean, there are, there are a fair chunk of games left. Still 14 games to get 14. Can I count? Yeah. 14, 13, 14. So there are still 40 something points to play for. I know it sounds ridiculous, but there are. Um, I don't, I, I feel like I'm holding on for dear life on some kind of belief that it might still get happen. It's not, do you know what? It's not the teams in the playoffs I'm particularly worried about because they're good teams. It's the fact that we've got to try and overtake Southend, who are flying Torquay, who have got, you know, Gary Johnson, he knows how to get out of this league and have found themselves in a decent vein of form. Dagenham, Grimsby, Notts County, these are good sides and they're not in the playoffs and they are in between us and them. So, those are the teams I'm more worried about. I think like we go to a team like Chesterfield and Stockport and whoever else and to say, right, well, we think we can beat you in the way that we've beaten Stockport 3-0, Wrexham and all the rest of it. It's those middling teams that we seem to be struggling up against. So I- I'm still clinging on for dear life is what I would say. Clinging on for dear life. Okay, let's do a bit of the news from uh, in between games. Oh, firstly, by the way, it has refreshed the club thing. Uh, no. No yellow card for Charlie Lee has been registered. But the only off-field um, yellow card we have was Terry Skiven got booked at some point, apparently. Must have missed that. Maybe it uh, was him on the pitch. Maybe yes. it was him. Maybe <laughs> it was him. Charlie's catching up already then. Yeah. So um, the news that we were hoping to hear from Ben Barclays, loan extension, we were hoping for that the, uh, quote, big man was uh, going to sign in the papers and, and authorise the deal. Who is the big man? Um, are we talking uh, Santa Claus? God? Uh, what's, what's yeah. Ben Barkley, is he not the big man? Yeah, what, what, he's got to authorise his own, is he got to authorise his own deal? Maybe, maybe Nathan Blissett's got to do it and he was a bit cheesed off. Yeah. Don't know. Um, in theory then, we're recording this ahead of Friday morning's uh, pre-match press conference where we hope someone will ask the question, but there's no guarantee. Um, <laughs> are we hopeful that he stays for the re- remainder of the season? In a word and a word only, Marcus Duncan? Yes. David Coates? Yes. Oh, that's easy, isn't it? We've covered that. He has provided a nice, solid base, and I am quite happy to have egg on my face because I remember the, the uh, podcast we did just after we signed him. And I said, I've seen him for 45 minutes away at Stockport, and he was horrendous. And he got hoiked at halftime. He was absolutely awful. But he's been to really be fair, good. that was true. Oh, yeah, he <laughs> was. was true. Yeah, he was. Um, but he's been really good. He's been a player that just kind of seamlessly slotted into a position. It's been difficult to seamlessly slot into. How do you think he and Wilkinson worked as a partnership, Marcus? As, as, as good as they always have been, I think. I mean, he's conceded three goals since he's been here in six games. I mean, it's pretty good. He's He looks really solid. And that was he's really good on the ball as well. He, he went for a run at... Uh, away at Eastleigh where he had a shot at the end of it which you don't usually see from centre-backs at this level but no really really good player I think and he's he's very happy at the club as well uh, it seems and it's strange to have such a so many solid centre-backs that we've got uh, Barkley and Wilkinson at the moment Hunt obviously injured I don't know who drops out when Hunt comes back if he even gets back in you've got Williams yeah, Williams and Staunton, who can play there. Like it's, for once, we, it's, it's like we're not worried about centre-backs dropping out. It's, it's a very strange situation to be in. OK, then Dave, assuming does everything does go through and the big man finds his pencil, um, who does drop out when Max Hunt is fit? 
Max Hunt, <laughs> I think, really? based on that. that well, I, that I don't, easy. I know. I mean, and Max Hunt's probably been one of our best players this season. But I, I, at the moment, I don't see how you can break up Wilkinson and Barkley as a as a partnership. I guess the thing is, Wilkinson we know is a bit injury prone, um, and maybe they'll look at it as, as you say, Hunt's coming back. Give him a. Uh, 20 minutes on a couple of games to find his way back into it and then chuck him in from the start, maybe take Wilkinson out for one. All depends what's going on with the season, doesn't it? If it, if mm. it has sort of petered out, then maybe, um, maybe you'll just chuck uh, Max on straight back, straight back in. But I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't take either of them out at the moment. Easy, very easy then. Um, it's thought that if it does get extended, there would be a 24-hour recall clause in there, which makes a lot of sense from Stockport's point of view. Another player who does have a recall clause in there, but we're hoping doesn't get used, is Olomola. Now, he went down injured, trying to carry on, but then got taken off. It, quote, needs a scan. Now, we're recording this before the pre-match press conference on Friday morning, where we hope the question will be asked, but as ever, we can't really guarantee that. If if the news is good and he's okay and he can start on Saturday and he's just a bit of a, quote, wimp, um, how much of a difference will that make? We looked like a different team with him. I, I seem to get the impression. I've, I've not seen the side with him, but we look like a different attacking force with him there. Yeah, David Coates. I, I, David Coates. Let's go. Let's let's flip it around. Dave Coates. Let's go to you first, and then we'll come back to Marcus. Yes, he does because you're striker as a shot, <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> which is which is something we don't seem to have at the moment. But yeah, he is. Uh, even I mean, even against Eastleigh, when he obviously hadn't, you know, for, for, been training with his teammates for like a day, um, you could see there are bits of quality, and he's just a completely different striker to anything else that we've got. Not just because he has a shot, because uh, uh, he has a shot when he gets the opportunities. He's quicker. Um, he runs with the ball. Um, he has the sort of roughing up of defenders, but does it better than Yusuf. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, he definitely starts if he's fit. He starts, I think. Okay, Marcus. Then, what if the news is bad, and he's not just going to miss Saturday, but he's out for the rest of the season? How are we going to line up? Do you think we should try and replace him, or do we kind of just? write it off and, and and go with what we've got for the rest of the season? I'd stick Wakefield up front. I think we looked much better when we were that front three of Sonny, uh, Knowles and Wakefield as the central striker than we do usually with Yusuf and, or Reed starting, to be honest. That might be harsh, but I just think it's a lot more dynamic and that's what Olamola brings. I really hope he isn't because, as Dave said, he does really look tidy and he, he runs with the ball. He has shots. But if you want shots from a striker, then stick Dale Gorman there for a few games, see what happens. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I'm not parking my car outside Chesterfield's ground. Oh, no, he won't play when well he's suspended. suspended yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good experiment, I think. Be... Or Jordan Barnett. Trust me on this, lads. Just somebody trust me. If this game peters out to the end of the season and we can't do anything, and for the final two games we cannot move, we are seven points from the team above us and seven points from the team below us. Trust me, play him up front. He'll score two goals, one per game, guaranteed. Okay. Can, can we not have him as a left back? There were so many times on oh, Tuesday night where I saw where I saw Morgan Williams, and I had no problem with Morgan Williams. He's a great, he's a great defender, great centre half. But there were so many times where I just thought, go with it, and then I thought, oh, there's Williams. He's not going to run the go. But you just thought if Barnett was pegging it down the left hand side, could have caused so many more problems. But 
There we go. Yeah, Morgan Williams does not, and, and this is the same with Mark Little, actually. Neither of them do anything wrong. No. Mark Little, I've been really, really impressed with, actually. He's he's such an experienced head and just everything just is fine. He just keeps it ticking over. He's really solid. But yeah, as you say, with Williams, he's done nothing wrong, but he, he just doesn't, he doesn't have that natural left foot or uh, attacking and crossing sort of ability that a natural fullback would have. But he's defensively, he's really solid. Okay, I think we've done enough looking backwards now. We've started venturing forwards. So let's take a little break in play, a little halftime. And our halftime show is not Dr. Dre, Eminem and uh, those guys. Dave, would you like to introduce who our halftime show is? And then hopefully Ian, when he gets around to editing this, will get the right position of the cut. So, Dave, who did you speak to? When? Why? Intro. Last night, I spoke to two people called Tom about Chesterfield FC. And here they are. Okay, so this is Dave, and I am joined today by Tom and Tom, just to keep it easy for me, from uh, Spy Rights Right. So uh, we'll start with one Tom. Tom A, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right, thank you. Um, bit, bit of a long day at work, so a little bit frazzled, but we, we push on, don't we? We do, we do. And and then, uh, uh, can I call you other Tom, or is it Tom B? Uh, it's Tom O or Oxley, as everyone okay. else seems to call me. So. Okay, so Tom, Tom A and Tom O. That's like we feel. I feel like we're talking like blood types here, but um, we'll go. <laughs> we'll go with that. We'll go with that. So we were we were just discussing off air, lads. We, we, so we're going to give a couple of minutes on you guys slagging off National League referees, and then we're going to have a couple of minutes about you slagging off Joe Quigley, and then we'll just call it a day there. Yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah. All right? Sounds brilliant. All right. Well, we do have a rule on the Glover's cast, which I'm willing to waive for you, which is uh, that we don't criticise National League referees because you just have to accept the fact that they're all rubbish. <laughs> and and, and, and no, nothing that you do or say is ever going to change that fact. But but I do have to say, I um, after watching your game at the weekend against Solihull, I think it was, uh, or the highlights of it, um, I did feel some sympathy for you. I know if you look on social media, there's not a huge amount of sympathy for, for Chesterfield fans, but I did feel some sympathy for you because your lad who, who had the, the broken leg, I think it was um, Jack McCourt. Jack McCourt. McCourt. Yeah. Looked like a nasty one, that. Yeah. Yeah, well, so far this season, we've had a broken eye socket, a broken kneecap, a broken leg and dislocated ankle, and uh, hasn't broke his leg, Jack McCourt, but done right. some really good ligament damage and not had a single foul so far for any of them. Right. So, okay. So. Well. It, it just goes to show you, doesn't it, that the uh, the National League's reputation for being a heavy-hitting league is still a, 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 alive and, well, not so well, isn't it? Yeah, not not so well. Although, yeah, Chesterfield Casualty Department might be, uh, yeah, slightly, slightly busy. But can, can I be slightly controversial and say that the... Uh, the tackle on Shamanga, and, and and this was a Weymouth player, so I have no reason to defend this whatsoever. In fact, probably quite the opposite. But from to my mind, it actually looked like a not a, a, a heavy challenge, but it didn't look like an unfair challenge one to me. Am I am I wrong there? To be honest with you, no, I don't I don't think so. Um, it, it was a very 
controversial one, wasn't it? I mean, they're all controversial, aren't they? these nasty injuries, but it, it definitely split the fan base a lot, I think, the Chesterfield fan base, and I was sort of on the edge about it. I think the the only thing for me was, I, I reread the rules recently on um, serious foul play, just, you know, to get read up on it, so I wasn't talking out of my bottom. Um, and <laughs> it turns out that the angle of approach and that sort of thing that all the Weymouth fans were defending it with, it doesn't matter. It's the force applied in the challenge that, that matters. And if that seemed, if that's deemed to be unnecessarily strong, then that's what causes it to be serious foul play. So from that point of view, you could probably argue we didn't need to go in that hard on him. Um, so And he's injured and he's ended his season and possibly could have ended his career. So you could argue it is a red card on that in, in that aspect. But also 20 years ago, that that wouldn't be a foul and no one about an island, would they? No, no. I think the problem with it, like the problem with it was, is that the game before against Stockport, Jeff King made the same tackle near right. enough, you know, the same velocity, and got a red card for it, straight red, off he went. Okay, <laughs> and didn't injure the player either. Did and player didn't injure the player. So it's the it's the even handedness of the referee, like you say, the consistency of refereeing that you're, uh, uh, yeah, probably more of a problem with. Yeah, well, well, for me, I mean, obviously the Weymouth one, yeah, very unfortunate incident and, you know, it was really sad. The, the thing that really annoys me about these referees is that there's teams that take advantage of them, in my opinion. They're, they, they're, they're quite inexperienced for professional football and this essentially is a professional league now. It pretty much is league free, as a lot of people say these days. Uh, I just don't think the referees are up to, up to that sort of standard, to be honest with you. And I think when you've got teams like Solly Hall, who base a large part of their play style, in, in my opinion, on gaming the referee, you know, going down for everything like you've been shot um, and, and being really hard tackling and just a bit fuggish, to be honest with you. And I, I know that probably sounds quite like I'm crying, but I don't know. That's the kind of my, my, my opinion on it. I, I, um, I'm slightly worried your opinion of Yeovil is going to be similar by the end of it, but <laughs> it didn't do us any good at your at our place when you played at our place. So, uh, so yeah, um, but we, we, we have had a few people say that about us and I, I, I wouldn't disagree completely with it, but um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's just, you know, you know, like it, Football is a physical game, and that's fair enough. But I think when you get to the point where you, you are literally trying to con referees into giving you decisions, uh, I just think it's um, yeah, it's a scummy way of playing, and it's unnecessary. I mean, we, we saw we saw Wrexham come on on Tuesday night, and they they weren't they weren't like a horrible team. They're they a bit physical, you know. They play for set piece, they play off set pieces and stuff, but they, they weren't conning the referee to get them. So you can you can implement that style of playing win without cheating. Yeah. And, and just to just to take you on to uh, you know, sort of where you are, obviously you had a amazing start to the season. I mean, I think the the, the first half of the season as Chesterfield fans, I can't imagine you've had too many better. Um, and then this, as you've gone into twenty twenty one, things began to take a, a bit of a wobble, shall we say? Um, and then obviously there was the situation with uh, with James Rowe. Just for anyone listening who hasn't heard that. What what went on there? Your manager, James uh, Rowe, should say. Uh, can you say for legal know. reasons? I, I don't think we can, I don't think you can speculate on what happened. Okay, uh, right. I, th- I think if you go on our message board, Bob's board, or on Twitter, mm. you can you could probably figure it out quite quickly. There was what a, happened? There was a video that was doing the rounds, wasn't there, of him saying some slightly bizarre things. Was that the but, reason? No, it's it's okay. a bit stronger. It's just, but we won't go there because oh, okay. everyone knows, but no one dares say. Oh, okay, yeah. right. So it, well, it's well, sort well. of 
Yeah. Cool. It's, it's like Voldemort, is it? You, you know, you should <laughs> not be named. Yeah, we'll just yeah. refer to it as the incident and leave the, it at that. The incident. Okay. So 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 the incident happened. James Rose, James Rowe was suspended. You had Danny Webb, who's actually got a bit of a background in Yeovil, um, as your as your caretaker, seemed to do all right in his games in charge. And then you got Paul Cookback, whose previous job was Ipswich Town, am I right? In League One. Yeah. 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 That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah. ex Chesterfield player. I mean, you must have been made up by that, wouldn't you? Um, a former manager, actually. Uh, he, he managed former us, manager, right? Yeah, he, he managed us back when we were in, in League Two back in, right. I think, 2013-14. And he, he won us the League Two title. And then the next year, he took us to League One playoffs. So he's pretty popular here, it has to be said. Mm. And how has it gone with him since? Because results don't seem to have gone his way. And I know we, we've just discussed there with injuries and so forth. He's had some pretty <laughs> rough luck, hasn't he, in the first uh, few games? Oh, we, we've got basically nine first-team players out at the moment. You know that you that you'd say are starters. You right. know, da- Danny Rose injured, Shamanga's injured, Olaliki's injured, Jack McCourt's now injured, Jack Clark, Jack George Carline, injured, George Carline, Gavin Gunning <laughs> as captain. So yeah. <laughs> you got. I tell you, it's a hell of a hell of a treatment room team, though, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah! If if you put Whittle, our left back, and his keeper in, the team would probably win the league. Yeah. That are in the treatment rooms. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it's been really unlucky, and it's it's been a. I don't want to sound like I'm crying again, but it kind of has been the theme of our season that we've just had a consistent stream of injuries, and then the club have actually come out and said we're going to make sure it doesn't happen again because it's it's just been a bit ridiculous, really. But you've got to get on with it, and we've got a big squad for a reason. At the end of the day. Um, so you know, I think I think Paul Cook. We, we've seen flashes of what he can bring to the team. I mean, the first half against Wrexham was, um, as me and Oxley were saying before we came on, was probably some of the best football we played all season. Uh, just really nice first, second touch passes, that sort of thing. He's very, very much a get it down and play it kind of manager, and it's sort of rubbing off on the players already. You can tell. So it it just depends, really. It depends how well they pick up his style. But with a manager of his, his experience, you'd hope that he can do a job. Yeah, and how different is that to to the way Roe played you? Uh, Towards the end, me and my dad. I about to say towards the end, me and my dad were coming to the conclusion we didn't actually have a style, right? And it was more we've got better players than you, so we'll just win games. Whereas under Cook, you can actually see now what we're trying to do. You know, the ball. Like against Wrexham, our fullbacks were as wide as wide could be at all times during the half. You know, so you can see how we were trying to play. Where under row ball, as we called it, I think it was just a case of we've got better players, we'll beat you, sort yeah. of thing. And it seemed it was, to work. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's kind of a high pressing style of play. That that sort of how we tried to set us up originally. He came in and said that that was his sort of system, a high press. You know, trying to win the ball back in um, important areas of the pitch and control the, the territory more than the possession, if that makes sense. That's kind of his uh, mantra. Uh, yeah. And w- obviously it was going really well, but then last few games, you could sort of tell something was going going on behind the scenes, really, because it, we, we did lose our way a little bit. I mean, the last game, we played um, Joe Quigley, who obviously we signed from you guys, and um, we spent the entire game just hooking the ball up to him. And it was it was, it was was just an insane, insanely drastic change in system, if you know what I mean. It, um, from one game to the next, it was a bit bizarre. 
Right. Well, I'm going to save Joe quickly to last, but before before we get to, to that, I do want to ask you about um, some of the players that you do have, because you say you, you have got an awful lot of very high quality players out, out injured, but you do still have some some very decent players. I remember, um, I mean, Asante for your last season was, um, you know, arguably the best striker in the league, wasn't he? And uh, and he's, uh, he's still around and about. I mean, who should be the players that the Oval and BT Sport viewers at the weekend should be looking out for? Uh, Tom Whelan, who oh. used to play for the Oval. Yeah, we've heard of ever him. Since, ever since leaving you lot, have seemed to do wonders everywhere yeah. else he's been. I, I, I <laughs> Yeah, I think he, he may have had a uh, clash of styles with the man, uh, with our manager as well. But yeah, he, we've seen him. we played him twice already this season with Eastley, so we're sick of the sight of him. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's um, a good player. He runs our centre mid at the moment. Uh, as left back, Alex Whittle, as daft as it might sound, uh, I just think he's brilliant. Oh, he's played out his skin, isn't he? He's, he's yeah. out of the season of his life. And I'd say Jamie Grimes at centre half, who has long hair tied up in a knot. Oh, and okay. Looks a bit like a Viking. <laughs> looks a bit like a Viking. I'd say no. that. I'd, would you, would you say any more, Tom? I'd say they're our main three, or my favourite three at the moment. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I think the rest of them are injured, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rest of them are um, out, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, we, we've got some dangerous players. Like you say, Quasi Santi, uh, mm. he's probably our main sort of goal, goal threat up front now, to be honest. Uh, Liam Mandeville's always got a good shot or pass in him as well. Uh, I think him and Whelan were linking up quite well, well in the first half against Wrexham, so you might see a bit more link-up play between the two of them. Right. Okay. So um, that enables us to finish with Joe Quigley then. I mean, Joe Quigley was a bit of an acquired taste when he was a Yeovil player as well, I have to say. But he um, he did start this season like a, like a house on fire. He arrived at us um, uh, from Dagenham season... Uh, no, yeah, would have been season four last. And uh, he... Um, was referred to as a head on a stick by by Dagenham fans. Our manager said that he was, uh, you know, one of those players that a lot of managers didn't really know how to play. They saw a big bloke and thought, like you said before, lump it up to him and, and see what happens. And our manager's view was that wasn't um, what he was about. And there was a lot more to him than that. And to be fair, the start of this season, he was... Um, there was a lot more coming out of him and, and a lot of goals. I mean, a couple of penalties in there, but he was um, he was looking good. And I think when we when we sold him, because um, our chairman told us we had to sell him because fans weren't turning up to the game for reasons that we won't go into. We'll call that the incident as well, maybe. But <laughs> um, but yeah, so we were told we had to sell him, and we sold him to you guys, and we were told it was uh, you know an offer that couldn't be turned down. So presumably there was a a bit of money that. Um, Past that, I mean, what, what, what have you made of uh, of Quigley since his arrival? Not, not much. I'm going to guess. I think the problem is in his first game was the older shot game, mm. which quite possibly could have been the worst game of football I've watched this season. Right to the point where I actually said to my dad, if he hadn't to give me a lift to the ground, uh, I, w- I would have left on sixty minutes. Right. <laughs> it, so, but I think he's getting into it. Like against Wrexham, he looked a lot better than he did. Yeah. You know, the game before. But I think the problem is, is that first games come, and everyone. Let's have when we first signed Tom Denton. Mm-hmm. We signed Tom Denton, and everyone knew for that whole season what the game plan was going to be. It was going to be who fit up to Denton and watch him win an header. 
Yeah. And I, and I think the problem is, is we've signed this, you know, six foot four, or six foot five centre forward, and everyone's worried that the style of play is going to go back to, it's just going to get oofed up to Quigley and expect him to do something. And yeah, at times he does look like a bit like a rabbit in the headlight when he does have the ball, but you never know, he, he might score on yeah. Saturday. And, and I think that's all he's missing. His confidence at the moment's rock bottom. He's getting booed whenever he gets subbed off. So yeah. he, he probably yeah, just needs a couple of goals. It, it's a bit ridiculous, to be honest with you. I mean, I think he's been a bit of a scapegoat recently. Obviously, the last couple of results haven't gone so well. And there's a little bit of frustration with some of our fans. And um, I think Quigley's getting the, the the back of a lot of that, if you know what I mean. They're sort of like looking at him as the, the scapegoat. And yeah. I don't really think that's particularly fair. I mean, he's had, what, three games at the club. I, I, personally, I want to give him a chance and see what he's about. Um, and, and to be honest, like, like I just said, he did look better against Wrexham. He had a few yeah. decent touches at times, to be honest with you, with the ball at his feet, that I was surprised about in a couple of situations. But he's still got a bit of a way to go, probably, to get up to speed, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, I'm sure you're the same, but uh, it's always the the fear of the curse of the old boy, which always seems to come back and haunt us with former oval players. So Tom Tom Whelan and Joe Quigley combining, I can see that happening this weekend. But um, yeah, I'm uh, slightly 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 nervous about that. But we we shall see. Well, anyway, gentlemen, um, uh, uh, that's that's been great. Thank you very much indeed for your time. And um, are you going to? Uh, are you going to uh, take the mick out about our poor uh, uh, away travelling for a 5-20 game up in uh, Chesterfield? And, uh, that is the obsession, isn't it, with teams at the top of this division? Wrexham, Stockport, you guys, everyone, it's all off, you know, the terrible away support. <laughs> oh, to to yeah, be right. fair, if, if we were playing Yeovil and it was a 5-20 kick-off, I'd quite happily sit at home and watch it on BT Sport. Yeah, OK. <laughs> right, well, you heard that, folks. You heard that, folks. You can't be too critical of us, right? Right. Well, gents, thank you very much indeed for your time. And, uh, yeah, let's see uh, Let's see what Saturday brings, eh? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And if you're travelling up, enjoy the game. Yeah, we'll, we'll try our best, yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers. Huge thanks to the guys from the Spyrites Rights, the only two Chesterfield fans in the country who don't mind Joe Quigley. There you go. Um, we're going to talk Joe Quigley in a minute or two. We're going to talk Tom Whelan. We're going to talk uh, Scott Loach. We're going to talk Kabongo uh, Tishmanga and any other of the ex-Yeovil Town players, Jack Clark, ex-Yeovil Town players who play on the books of uh, Chesterfield in a moment. But our roving reporter, Marcus Duncombe, has some breaking news for us, breaking in the last 15 minutes or so. What can you tell us live uh, uh, on Sky Sports News? Well, I can tell you that the double is still on because we've we've been drawn home against Odd Down or Well City in the Somerset Premier Cup semi-finals. Semi-finals, you hear that? We're in. This is very exciting. Uh, and yeah, I think it's probably the tie we wanted. Yeah, you want to avoid Bath City, don't you? Till the final. Yeah. Jerry Gill coming back to haunt his old club in the final. We can see the scripts now. Um, at home, you said. Yeah, at home. The, the, the Thatchers will be packed, is what we know. Um, fantastic news. Odd down or well city. When do they play their replay? Uh, I don't actually know. I know that this one is due to be the week commencing the 21st of March. Uh, in your diaries. Which is just after, hang on, that's, we've got a midweek game against Bromley that week, so that'll be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, and if I hear, yeah, you say the Thatchers will be 
packed. If I hear any odd down get battered everywhere they go, then <laughs> that that will be a low point, I think, for Yeovil. That is awkward with the fixture schedule, isn't it? Maybe they'll move it. They're gonna have to move it. They're gonna have to move it because they're surely odd down and well city have got to get their replay in or their their tie in at some point. Oh, that's that's ideal. Bring on the final. Should we go? Are we going to the final, Dave? Glover's can I stay out? We'll we'll go to the final. Yeah, if if Jake from the Green and Whites is listening, I'm afraid it's a home draw, so I can't quite make it. Um, if it was Wells or Odd Down, I probably would have gone, but unfortunately, it's a bit too far from a huge part. Sorry. Well. We'll have to wait and see if we get through to the big final at, I presume, Hewish Park. Yeah, I was going to say, where is the final? Wembley? It has no, I've asked this question. No venue has been decided yet, um, but uh, probably Hewish Park, yeah. Or maybe other, Taunton. I'm going to say Taunton. other notable grounds in Somerset would be Taunton and Western Supermare. Yeah, that counts as Somerset, doesn't it? Yeah. That would be the only two other grounds of any note. If you can't play it at Yeovil and can't play it at Bath, because it would be the two finalists, you'd presume... Okay, there we go. Reacting live, breaking news here on the Glovers cast. To be fair, by the time people are listening to this, it's not breaking news. <laughs> it's, been, it's news that's been out for a considerable time. Yeah, but who who cares? Apart from okay. us. It was exciting for us. Yeah, literally no idea. Right, let's talk Chesterfield. Um, Chesterfield are not in Great Nick, which is lovely news. And I am there for the BBC. Marcus, are you there? I'm not there, unfortunately. You're not there. Okay. I am. Um... Yeah, I wish I was, but I'll be watching. I'll be watching. Of course, well, you'll be listening. Uh, yeah, well, be I'll be syncing up your commentary. Yeah, Thank you. Sure. There we go. You'll be watching your mute with the commentary. Right, fine. David, are you there? I am there, Ben. Yes. Great news. This is great news for all concerned. Our because... combined records. <laughs> We're going to beat them, aren't we? That's the first question. Well, these are the, these are the games we do win. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah, it's going to be a strange one when we are on this sort of poor run against winnable sides and then we end up getting six points against Notts County and Chesterfield. But um, I'm all for it. It's fine. So the form guide, genuinely, the last 10 games, obviously I've spoke about how we are nearer the bottom than the top of this particular table, but Chesterfield aren't exactly flying in this particular table. They would be 10th, played 10, won four, drawn three, and lost three, 15 goals, 13 conceded, 15 points. Um, it's not like they're absolutely flying at the moment. Got done by Wrexham. Solihull Moors did them as well. They only drew against Weymouth. Who would do that? Um, and one all as well. <laughs> yeah, and then drew against Stockport. So they haven't won in four. I'm quietly okay going to Chesterville. What a ridiculous thing to say, considering the run of form we're in. But I'm sat there thinking... Yeah, this is fine. Maybe it's because I've seen Stockport, because I've seen Wrexham, because we have gone to Dagenham and done things and, and picked up good results. Why, why is it, lads, that I am okay about Saturday's fixture? I'm not fearing a 6-0 drubbing. With some, or without something's, been, something's been taken in this break, I think, that you took because you were <laughs> you were Mr. Negative a minute ago and now you're Mr. Positive. I, I think we need a drugs test on Ben after this podcast <laughs> is over just to see what he's been doing. What's in that uh, Calvin Phillips mug? I couldn't possibly tell you on it. All oh, right, okay. There, there are people under the age of purchasing alcohol limits that are listening in, so that's fine. Um, but no, I, Marcus, what, what do you think? I'm, why am I not quite as fearful as I could have been? 
Uh, I think partly probably because we don't have much to play for, and so it doesn't <laughs> matter hugely. Uh, which, which, which is more exciting, though, because we can just sort of go for these games. And as I said, these games are the ones we seem to do all right in when we go away to these these sides who are sort of in the playoffs and we sort of teach them a lesson. The only thing I am slightly concerned about is that Paul Cook is due his big win since returning. Like Obviously, he's a really good manager. <laughs> it, uh, it still a Chesterfield legend as well. Yeah, he got them promoted, didn't he? It still hasn't happened, his, his, his first win since returning. I'm hoping it will be against Notts County in what I imagine is quite a big game for them on Tuesday. But... Yeah, I'm hoping we, we let it go one more game without... Um, and you know who's going to score for them as well. So that's... <laughs> it's one of two, isn't it? So yeah, <laughs> either Quigley or Whelan, one or the other. I, I, said, to, I said to the other guys, uh, uh, Marcus, the other day, I said, if you said to me a month ago that we were worried about two ex-Yeovil Town players giving Yeovil a horror show for Chesterfield, you'd have gone, <laughs> oh yeah, Jack Clark and Kabongo Tishmanga. How have we ended up with Tom Whelan and bloody Joe Quigley there causing the damage? I've no idea. Very, very strange. Um, <laughs> How do I've... we get away from bloody Tom Whelan? We've already faced him twice I'm once. Sick of the sight of him. I am, yeah. Because he's too good and he's rubbing it in our faces that he wasn't particularly for us or never got the chance to show it for us. Um, can I open my briefcase of stats, please? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Marcus, you might appreciate this one. As we all know, Kabongo Tishmanga has scored... Can I just say... Shumanga, yeah? Shumanga. What did I say? Tushmanga. Tushmanga. Shumanga. I'm going to have to call you on it. Shumanga. I so think it's a silent T, surely. Silent T. Shumanga. Shumanga. Kabongo. <laughs> uh, we all know Kabongo has scored cabby. 20, cabby, uh, 25 goals this season. If you take Kabongo's goals out of, uh, out of that team this season, they have scored one more goal than us. Their next top scorer has five they have as many goal-scoring problems as we do, don't they? Well, <laughs> they, they do have a 25-goal goal striker. Uh, Apart yeah. from the 25-goal striker, I, they've got goal-scoring so. problems. And, and they have our top scorer as well. So that's <laughs> that's that's good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I've read this script. I know how this goes. I know the through ball. I can see the through ball from Whelan. And I can see Quigley just darting off the uh, shoulder of one of the defenders. And it's, yeah, it's a scene that would have been played out in many a training but, session. But they'll be thinking the same about Adi Youssef. They'll be, you know. Will they? Will they? Will they? Will they? Yeah, they won't be. They won't be. They won't be. Okay. See, now you've managed to make me I'm feel depressed quite, again. Yeah, now. yeah, you've got I'm me going back the wrong way now. I was, I was impressed with my stat there that I thought, okay, we're on to something here. No, it's, it's a, a great good, start. Yeah, great like, start. it is good. I mean, obviously, it sounded like a horrific injury, but mm, for Yeovil's yeah. sake, it is good that he's out for this game when uh, they've got a, he they've seems got to score every injuries, time against us. Yeah, yeah. That's the annoying thing, isn't it? Is that he wasn't just good, but he was always good against us. Yeah, they've yeah. got a bunch of injuries, Ben, but they've also got a bunch of money. So uh, this is very they, true. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure it won't be long until someone else comes in and replaces him. Yeah, so I, I was doing some tying up of the squad, and I reckon they've got eight genuine would-make-the-first-team players out. And I thought, if you took eight actual first-teamers out of our squad right now, we'd have to postpone the game. Yeah, can't feel the team, can we? <laughs> yeah. we Get Skendy on the first flight back from LA. <laughs> 
it's just utterly ridiculous that they'll still put out a very, very, very good side. Um, likes of Asante and, and players up front that have obviously scored a few goals recently. Um, how would you be lining up? Would we be throwing caution to the wind, 4-3-3? Would we set up to defend? Would we try and do what we did to... Um, what we did to Stockport away from home, where we try and get at them wider on. Dave, how would you how would you line up? Would you, do you want to give us a team or just how what attitude would you take in this kind of game? I think you just got to go for it, haven't you? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? We get absolutely humiliated on national TV. That's not going to happen, is it? We 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 do all right on the TV these days. So um, so yeah, go for it. Why not? It, well, like you say, worked against a good Stockport side there. You know, I think if you can rattle them early, get the crowd on their back, I think they'll, they'll have a decent crowd in there, but I think it'll get on their back quite quickly. If Quigley's playing, from what Tom Tom were telling us before, they're going to they're gonna get in his back pretty quickly. I think that's the thing. I think we haven't had a quick start for quite a while, but I think if we got a quick start, got their fans moaning, I don't think, as you heard from... Our friends at Spire, that's right. It won't take a lot to get their fans moaning. So um, get the, let the referee give us a few decisions. We're off to the races. Marcus, what about you? You're throwing caution to the wind, four up front, saying stuff it. Five up front, why not? The, uh, no, I, I'd probably go for the same team, but maybe take... Uh, this is really harsh on Bradley, but I'd maybe take him out for Barnett or Worthington just for those sort of uh, legs and... Bradley's not used to that sort of output and it's going to be a tough game. What's um, wrong with Alex Bradley's legs? Well, <laughs> what, they haven't, been used? Legs? They oh, haven't really been used in the last year. <laughs> he's got, I'm oh. sure he's got lovely legs, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a title. I'm sure he's got lovely legs. <laughs> <laughs> with, um, with that in mind, assuming that either Bradley or... Uh, Diaz will sit out. Diaz probably because his, his minutes are being managed. If Diaz was to sit out, would we be happy with giving Bradley another start? His first back-to-back starts in I don't know how long. Yeah, why not? I don't. I don't see why. Not. I think if Gorman was fit, and I'd probably put Gorman and one of Worthington or Barnett in. But I think we can do Bradley and then Worthington or Barnett. I, yeah, he didn't do anything wrong, Alex Bradley. That's the thing. I think it's just gonna. It's just getting back to that match sharpness and not just sort of training fitness that he's got. And it will it will take time, but it will come soon, I think. It's a bit difficult to do this preview when we don't know about Barkley staying, we don't know about Diaz fitness, we don't know about Olomola's fitness. It's a little bit difficult, but I like the idea of us having a bit of a go because it's what riled Stockport, wasn't it? Uh, Dave, you were at Stockport, um, uh, as was I. We did just kind of, I don't know, like it was a bit of a shock to the system, wasn't it? They weren't expecting us to come at them and, and go for it. We ended up with the front four for quite a lot of that first half in particular. Um, I've no idea where that was going to go for a question. Um, One of that front four is playing against us on Saturdays. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That, that's true. Is there anything uh, to be said for Quigley coming back? And there was some, there was a lot of post-match, pre-match comments, wasn't there, from Darren Sala about how he still wanted Quigley. He still... He missed him. Was there one time he said, oh, I missed him. I could have done with him tonight type thing. It's going to be a strange one, isn't it? What kind of reception do you think he's going to get, Dave? 
I think it was a good one. I mean, I, I know he, he he divided opinions a bit, didn't he? But I do, I think particularly when you look at the start that he made to this season with uh, you know all, all the goals again, I, I I can't see anybody, you know, he's not going to get booed every time he touches the ball. Or I certainly hope that he's not. Anyway, um, I think. He seemed to be a decent enough player who did everything that he, he could. Um, you know, he's not Kabongo Shamanga, but he, you know, he, he, he did he did try and he, he got goals for us um, when he played. He got ten goals last season in a in a dire season that we had to we had to suffer. Started the season really well. Um, by the sounds of it, he made us a good bit of uh, bit of money when he when he went. So I I don't think he's done anything wrong, and don't blame him for taking what I presume is a a payday um, to go to to Chesterfield. Feel a bit sorry for him because it sounds like he's being treated a bit more like a head on a stick there, which is what we probably didn't do with him so but there we go that's the break isn't it maybe that's what we'll talk about on Sunday's podcast what you know how they used him and how they utilized him um Marcus does he score against us yes oh. <laughs> it, it, three one happen, win isn't it it's <laughs> gonna, yeah two own goals no it's gonna <laughs> that would be great that would uh he would certainly not be getting booed then but um oh, it just it just always seems to happen doesn't it it does. Okay. Um, we will talk Chesterfield and react to Chesterfield on Sunday slash Monday's podcast. You can hear me on BBC Somerset. Nobody will be listening because you'll be watching on BT Sport anyway. That's fine. Um, and I'll write some conclusions and check out the website for post-match interviews and all the rest of it. Gloverscast.co.uk. Um, before can I get... just say, you can also hear me if you just happen to be sat somewhere near me <laughs> Chesterfield as well. You'll be the Quite one... Loud. He'll be the one shouting, who wants it, lads? I will, yeah, I will be. Second ball. (laughs) Um, Okay. Um, A bit of news that I wanted to bring up. Yeovaltown have announced that the game against Grimsby is a Her Game 2 fixture. And I wanted to bring that up because I think that's good news. And apparently they are going to sing the praises of females uh, who do amazing things at the club. And we all know that... Pat Custard is a legend, and we hope she will be front and centre of that uh, list of people being celebrated. But there are plenty of others. We know of a few others. Dave, females at the club that are doing wonderful things. Give me a list. Um, so we've got, obviously, there's, there's Pat. There, well, there's Pat that you've mentioned. There's Pat in the ticket office, isn't there? Pat Spurway. She's been around for a long time. Uh, Sarah at the Green at the um, Yeovil Town uh, Community Sports Trust is probably, well, she's been there for a very long time. I can't imagine there's too many women who've been at the club longer than than her and doing great things with the Community Sports Trust. Um, I think Trudy, the accountant, is um, is obviously a female working from the club. So there's a few. We obviously we haven't got Jean Cotton anymore, but Jean was there for you know for an awful long time. Did some uh, some wonderful things. So yeah, there's lots of lots of uh, females at Yeovil Town who uh, we can celebrate for this. I'd like to think that we don't just celebrate them for this one game, but it's good that there's a sort of a spotlight being thrown on it for this um, uh, for for this one game. But it would be nice if we could. If it could always be um, her game too. Right. Uh, Marcus, you and I have both worked alongside Sheridan. She's been doing fantastic things on, on the radio as well. I know she doesn't work for Yeovil, but considering it's her side hustle uh, to commentate on Yeovil Town Games, she's becoming something of a trailblazer. So she's been brilliant to work alongside, hasn't she? Yeah, absolutely fantastic. The amount of time and effort she puts into 
to Yeovil as well. And even when she does get a bit of a uh, taking the piss out by Darren Sell before the before the interview from her holiday on Florida you know, to Florida, that was a uh, good. No, she does outstanding work, and yeah, it's definitely great to be recognised. And like Dave be great if yeah people recognized it every week and it was sort of vocalized rather than just one week sort of but it's good to have in the spotlight yeah and i think we all hope long term that how whatever the future of yeovil town football club looks like it involves a women's team and a girl set up and you know hopefully a, a green and white badge uh, for uh, you know women who play football in yeovil really rather than having to go to bridgewater so i think that would be something that we could look at long term regardless of uh, how the football club looks in six months, six years time. Okay, that's something I wanted to cover. Glad that's done and dusted. So I think we're on to questions and quizzing. Dave, do you want to kind of take over this bit? Yeah, well, there, there, there has been, and I'm, I'm just double checking again on the old uh, GCQ's hashtag, but I think there is only one question that we've had in. So uh, well, we, had, we have had one on the WhatsApp as well, haven't we? Oh, we have. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me ask the one that came through on, on Twitter first, which uh, I'll, I'll let you decipher it the way that you want, but it's from uh, Harry Eaton. And it says, is Olafella or Olamola the best YTFC themed name in recent years? And what is the best of all time when it says ytfc thing do you think that means the best name that's ever had anything to do with the oval town because i'm not sure olafella olamolo is your right is the oval theme is it do you think that's what it means yeah i imagine so i remember speaking of ytfc themed there was always a player in the bournemouth academy called ryan glover i think and i always yeah. wanted us to sign him <laughs> on loan but it never happened did he play with that one that you mentioned ben what was his name um, Ewan Pollock. Ewan Pollock. I'll, I was I'll tell you what I saw Pollock. about Ewan Pollock. He, I think, I saw a tweet on Twitter. He was on loan at Truro, and then he came off. He was substituted for Gabby Rogers. It was like worlds colliding. <laughs> Who was on loan there? It was incredible. <laughs> nice. I was, I was thinking Jackson Pollock, but that's that's something quite different. It's very different. <laughs> um, no. There is there, there was a Glover as well that played at like Bradford and stuff, and I always thought it would be good if he ended up signing for us. Um, there's only one way to do this, and this is statistical analysis. Okay. So Olamola is worth nine points in a standard Scrabble board. However, there are far more valuable players in Yeovil Town's history i'm not going to go through them all but even tara Chulsky's worth 20 mm-hmm. yeah good so name. other names so uh, glover's cast listeners i want to know your names and we're going to work out a few the most valuable 11 on a scrabble board and we're going to work it out so get your thinking caps on tweet us instagram us get us on the on the facy book or email ben at gloverscast.co.uk um <laughs> with your glover's names that you think might be valuable on scrabble and I'll, uh, I'll put together a team for Sunday slash next Thursday's podcast, depending on whether or not I remember. Let's move on to question number two. It is a good name, though. I should say that. It's, it rolls off the tongue. Ola fella, ola mola. Yeah. Ola you're going to have to fella as name. well. Mm. Yeah, nice. Good, good nickname. Good pun work with fella. Good fella, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Question okay. Two. So from Rob Manley via Ian's uh, WhatsApp. What has happened to Jack Robinson? Have we seen the last of him in a Yeovil Town shirt? And has he now taken on the Alex Bradley mantle of being the squad player that Darren Sahl dislikes the most? He's got a knock, I think. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> that's a rather boring answer, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, he seems quite in- 
injury prone as well, which is quite concerning. But obviously you can't know these things when it's their first season of playing men's football, really. Um, but yeah, he's because he had that injury before Christmas as well, didn't he? Where he was out for a while. But I think he's just got a little knock. I don't think it's anything too serious, but he'll be he back soonish. He did have a little run in the side after the... He was on the bench of the Bournemouth game after his little injury in the FA Cup. But he has had a little run. He completed 90 minutes against Wilson, Weymouth and Wrexham in those three games. Had little cameos and a few others as well. He's only missed two. Um, so it's a good question. It's a good spot because I hadn't spotted that Jack Robinson was missing. But I think that might say more about the performances of Morgan Williams at left back more than anything else. Jack Robinson was my man of the match away at Solihull in that nil-nil draw. He was absolutely fantastic. So I think... Um, yeah, he might just be in the squad. It might just be missing because he's got a, a slight knock and it's not worth risking him when you've got others who can play in that role. Ben Barkley has probably made that decision a little bit easier. He'll take up the centre-back spot so Williams doesn't have to be there, for example. So, um, yeah, there you go. Is, is that it? The only two questions? Those are the only two questions <laughs> that we've got, yeah. Marcus, have, Marcus, have, have you got any questions? Just because I'm very aware that the more I delay, the more I haven't got to take on this quiz. Have I got any questions? Poor. Ma- Marx's um, question was going to be, who's taking on the quiz? Uh, that was true, yeah. <laughs> giving the game away now. Oh, i tell you what I was going to mention. The non-league Bible on the socials have opened up nominations for their um, non-league Bible awards. So if you go to at NL Bible, uh, no, NL, NL Bible 4, obviously. Obviously. Um, <laughs> NL NL Bible one on Instagram and NL Bible four on Twitter. You can nominate the Glovers cast if you so wish, <laughs> if you so wish. So there you go. Just saying, I'm assuming you have already Marcus, right? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think I will, to be honest. I no, think. you're, you're, you're going to, you're, you're going to nominate the, the Stockport County podcast or something. He won't like nominate his Wi-Fi yeah. provider. Yeah. No, <laughs> most definitely not. <laughs> The Glover's cast, an association with Jurassic Fibre. Um, okay, we can't really put this off anymore, can we? Dave, don the gold jazzy coat, get into quiz entertainer mode, and let's finish this podcast with an utter shambles of a quiz. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, it's quiz time, and our contestant for tonight's quiz is all the way from Leeds, West Yorkshire, Mr. Ben Barrett. How are you doing, Ben? It's an absolute pleasure to be here, Dave. Thanks so much. Uh, long-time listener, uh, first-time entrant. Really looking forward to failing at this miserably. Absolutely. Well, as always, we've got some real head-scratches put forward by the historical oracle himself, Mr Nigel Dyson. The rules of the game, Ben, are you will be asked five questions. You will have 30 seconds to answer each of these questions. Some will be multiple choice. Some you'll just have to think of them on the spot. Are you ready for your first question? Mm. You're not. Well, I'm afraid there is no option for that. So uh, we're going to have to go ahead with the first question. Question number one. Aaron Davis scored the fifth and decisive goal in the League One Player semi-final second leg at Nottingham Forest in 2007. Who provided the assist for that goal? Oh. I won't do that all the way, I promise. Nathan Jones. You have you still have 20 seconds left to select your answer, Ben. Are you so going the, with Nathan Jones? The ball was played from Andy Lindegaard, cross field. Nathan Jones, I think, then plays it forward and it comes off one of their players and falls neatly into the path of Aaron Davis, I think. I think 
That's your 30 seconds. The answer is Lee Morris. Oh. And if you listen to the commentary that's at the beginning of this podcast, you will hear Morris feeds it to Davis. So there we go. Well, he it's not a good start. He probably has won it. Won it Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Well, balls. So, so that's not a great start. But no, it's not a great start. Ian got four out of five. Uh, no, actually, he only got three out of five, didn't he? So yeah, there's still time. And there is a um, a superhero bonus point in this one, Ben, especially yeah. for you. So you could you could still be a superhero. Okay, question number two. And this is one that's right up your street, actually. And it's come from Nigel, but it is right up your street. In the past three seasons of National League football for Yeovil Town, who is the only player to wear three different squad numbers? Oh, my word. Three different squad numbers. And I'm a little bit worried that you're going to correct Nigel on this one, but this is the answer Nigel has given me. In the last this, three in the last three series seasons. In the, in the last three seasons of National League football for Yeovletown, who is the only player to wear three different squad numbers? Got to be Lawson Diaz. So Lawson Diaz, your final answer. Yeah, he wore eight, he wore 14, and he wears 24 now. Right, you see, this is round where a little bit worried that you're going to answer this one rightly because the answer that Nigel has given Marcus is... knows. Marcus knows. Oh, does he? Can I, can I have a shout? You can have a shout. Is it Morgan Williams? The answer Nigel has given me is Morgan Williams. Yes, he's worn oh. 29, 17, and 13, according to Nigel. Oh, uh, was I... Lawson's first spell in the football league? Mm, yeah, probably was. Oh, oh, that's where I've been yeah. done there. That, 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 that one was right it's up great, the street. It's a great question. Is a great question. So I don't know whether Ni- I don't know whether Marcus would have gotten the first question, uh, and we're not going head to head here, so we'll uh, we'll carry on. Okay, question number three. Come on, <sighs> man, you can you can you can do this. You can match Ian at least, and you've got your superhero bonus point coming up as well. So, question number three: Before Darren Saul, who was the last Yeovil Town manager to beat a football league side in the FA Cup when Yeovil were a non-league team? Christ alive. And I will give you the date. Uh, oh, actually, I can't give you the exact date, but it was December 2000 that this victory came. Oh, crazy. And the goal scorer was, until recently, a employee at the football club, but not on the playing side. Um, I guess that makes it Colin Lippiot. My dates are all over. My, my timelines are all over the place. Heads frazzled. You were close. You got Colin right. It was Colin Addison. Oh, flippity flip. Manager when we beat Blackpool 1-0 in December 2000 with Nick Crittenden scoring the goal. I thought you meant Colin Addison scored the goal. That would be quite impressive. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So question number four. I'm still Um, annoyed about the Morgan Williams one. Yeah, I did think that. I put that one in. I saved that one especially. Yeah, that that should have gone last. My head's gone now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, mate. Okay, <laughs> I didn't fine. deliver. I put it early. I thought I'd give you some confidence, you know, put it in there. It's like okay. penalties. You've got to put your best one last. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> right. Um, it didn't work for Mo Salah in the uh, no, affirmations, sure it did it? No, no. Okay, right. Question number four. In the 2019-20 season, how many different goalkeepers did Town name in a match day squad? And an extra super hero bonus point if you can name all of them. So was it A, two? B, four, C, six, or D, eight. Oh, okay. In 2019, 20. 20. So it was Nelson, Adam Smith were the two that played in the playoffs. 
Well, yeah. Smith is on the bench. You just you don't have to name them all now. You just have to pick one uh, of those answers. Okay. Two, four, six, or eight. We had okay. But the two you've named are absolutely correct. Yeah, well, th- those are the two in the playoff against Barnet. Okay, I'm going to go with six. Your answer is C, six. Is that your final answer? Yes. The correct answer is D, eight. And <laughs> the answer, the, the so uh, I mean... It's those two, Ted Can. I remember him. Yeah, yeah so we've, got, we've got Stuart Nelson, Ted Can, Adam Smith, yeah. That was too. That was too late for Loach. He was football league, so it's not yeah. him. Um, why do I remember Ted Cannibal players? Um, that is a random one too. So yeah, we yeah. had. Uh, are you including the kid that was on the bench at one game as well? That everyone Roz- is included in Rosikowski. <laughs> yeah, Rosikowski. Rosikowski. Yeah, he's in that. So that's what you got four there. Uh, yeah. See so halfway. Marcus, you can help out if you want. Yeah, yeah, there was one keeper. Um, he was quite Liam O'Brien. Yeah, Liam O'Brien. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. He of Stratford Town. So wait, yeah. so Burzowski was the one on loan from QPR, was he not? Correct. Mm. And then, yeah. uh, are we counting Darren Betchett? Darren Betchett was is another oh, one. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, oh, there's one. Uh, is it Louis Jones? Louis oh, Jones, who is kid. now. Doncaster's first choice keeper or something. Yeah, Louis Jones. And there's one more. One more. I think he came online from Reading, this one. Driscoll. Yes, Liam Driscoll. That's it. That's it. You've got got the eight there between you. So I'll give you collective superhero bonus point. Okay. Thanks so much. And Luke Wilkinson, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, probably will class him as a goalkeeper. But okay, so this is this is for pride, Ben. This is for one out of five, but at least you're off the you're off the mark there. Okay, so question number five: How many wins have Weymouth recorded in competitive fixtures at Hughes Park since the ground opened in 1990? None. The correct answer is zero. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. He's I got off a the, point. He's off the mark. One out of five. Congratulations. I got a point. Okay. Okay, but I I have got a tiebreaker for anyone who wants to have a go at this and see if they can make it into a future Glover's Cast because you do have a couple of people lined up to to take this quiz on. So, and and this is a really good question, maybe more so if you're my kind of age, but um, but it's a good question from Nigel anyway. So, what was noteworthy about the assistant referee for Yeovil Town's match at Bromley in November 2019 and the visit to Boreham Wood in February 2020? What was noteworthy about the assistant referee for Yeovil Town's match at Bromley in November 2019 and the visit to Boreham Wood in February 2020? Guys, don't answer that one. That one's just for the listeners out there. I, I wasn't done But Don't worry about it. If you get this one, I will I will give you two points off the mark if you get this one, because this is, yeah, this is really impressive. When we stop recording, I'll tell Marcus and uh, Ben what the answer is, but um, they, it probably might not mean anything to you anyway, but we'll see, we'll see. But, and I've, I've just checked, Lawson Diaz did wear 14 on his first stint with us back in the Football League, back in uh, 12. He wasn't assistant referee against Bromley. Though, no, he so wasn't, but he did wear 14 on his first loan spell and then wore eight throughout first two seasons. And then only now West 24. So I was yeah. right. He's worn three different squad numbers for us, but not in the required time frame. Damn you, Dyson. <laughs> you get you win again, Dyson. 
Yeah, we're going to have to think up some questions to put to him, I think. Correct. Get him, Get him on the quiz. quiz. Yeah, yeah, we will. Right. Thanks ever so much, everybody. We really appreciate it. Ian Perkins is back next week. Um, that's it. Marcus, always a pleasure, mate. Thanks so much. Enjoy. Oh, thank you for having enjoy me. Your t- enjoy your time watching slash listening. Listening. Um, I will, yeah. <laughs> Dave, I'll, uh, I'll wave at you from the press box on Saturday. And I will wave back. <laughs> <laughs> And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.